0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, welcome back to the channel. The MMA, the UFC 249 is back. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this is going to be our third attempt at trying to put this on March 21st, April 18th, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. I'm very excited for this fight because there hasn't been anything else in the world. And everybody's getting extremely hyped about uh, Korean baseball that starts at two o'clock in the morning. So I think everybody's going to enjoy the fact that there's three UFC events within a span of eight days. We'll see if uh, they can pull it off. I have no doubts now that they actually have a state with some governments that are actually backing this and, and wanting them to be there. And that's the exact same thing that's happening with some other sports like Florida is saying open arms to everybody coming in and, and, and having their sports hosted there because why not for them? So I'm sure they're getting some sort of benefit. From that, and this is what's going to be the first one to come there. So we get the UFC 249 Ferguson versus Gaethje We're going to be going through the betting breakdown based on the odds on here, but also DraftKings as well. I have the DraftKings salaries. If you're not familiar, if this is reaching an audience that is just familiar with UFC betting, I will be breaking that down as well. So just odds and people that I'm choosing in that regard, because mainly you have DraftKings. And if you are one of my followers from a DraftKings perspective, DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, you need your your fighters to win. And if your fighters aren't going to win, you're not going to win the top prize or split the top prize. So there's a very strong correlation between fighters winning, parlaying, if you will, and your DraftKings lineup. So it's pretty much a big parlay at the end of the day. When you're preparing for this, it is definitely very heavy on the film side of it. So this weekend, I was watching film on pretty much all these fighters are at least the ones that are going to get the most buzz and generate the most buzz, have the most interest. Some I would, only watch one or two fights for because I didn't care as much. Some I would watch in in detailed five, six fights for via YouTube and just some films uh, UFC has released back in the day. Uh, But then Tony Ferguson and Justin Keiichi is going to be the main event for this one. And it's not any type of like, all right, this is going to be an easy minus 400 uh, victory for the main event here. No, Tony Ferguson is only a minus 170 favorite in this one. Justin Keiichi is very much uh, in the running for probably a a title fight, a title contender fight, if he can pull this one off. We'll start with that one. But before we do, a big old subscribe button is about to pop up on the screen. Why don't you smash that bottom Right-hand corner of the screen, hit the like button and the notification bell if you can. If you enjoy this content, if you enjoy just any sort of value from this content, please do hit the subscribe button. It allows me to reach more people, which then allows me to continue to create this content. Down below in the description, let me know who do you think is going to win UFC 249. Very simply, the the headliner here. Who do you think is going to win the main event between Tony Ferguson and Justin Kaeche? Let me know in the comments down below. We'll have a community conversation down there. And without further ado, let's get into this video. So we we'll start with Ferguson and Justin Kaeche. So what you're getting out of Kaeche is. Is just an inside fighter. You're going to get a good wrestler there. He has stamina. He has the power combo. There are some potential concerns about just the pandemic, everything that's going on in terms of, is he ready? Is he going to be getting ready for this fight in time? He's a world-class fighter. So yes, Tony Ferguson has been ready for this fight for uh, over a month now and just been training because of the original fight with Khabib scheduled for the March 21st date. So you can say there's an advantage there, but two just premier world-class fighters. You had Gaethje starting off his career as 18 and 0. Since then, he's gone three and two. He's 21 and two overall. Very straight forward fighting style. When you look at Justin Cagey in this one, he's going to come in as a, a only a plus 149 underdog. You're getting the person that leads the entire slate by a wide margin by almost three strikes per minute leading the entire slate. Striking accuracy is the best on the slate at 55%. So this is without a question, a live dog in this one. When you look across most of the stats, takedown defense is going to be very elite in that in that regard and does have quick strike ability and quick strike finish. These guys are just going to come at each other. This is going to be a head banger. When you look at Ferguson's side of this, uh, he's been ready to do this thing for over a month. Like I Said six weeks. He made wait for the April 18th date for no reason. Like he made wait on April 18th, even though the fight was not going to be on going on for that date, and they had a good amount of time before they knew that it wasn't going to go out of that date. Uh, He has a very diverse game. He's solid in most of his spots. He can stand up and wrestle you. He can take you on the ground. When you just look at some of the stats side of it, Tony Ferguson is going to come in here. He's going to have good takedown defense, but also good takedown accuracy. And he's also a good striker. 5.8 strikes per minute. These are the two, the two fighters on the entire slate that land the most strikes per minute. This is going to be very, very fun. It's going to be entertaining, especially if you're not somebody who frequently watches the MMA. This fight likely, though, is going to have to be a little bit of a shift for the Ferguson camp because you go from facing Khabib, which is going to be more so trying to prevent takedowns, more so trying to fight and, and wrestle on the ground and grapple, now going to probably being a little bit more standing up based on the the striker that Gaethje is and the striker that Tony Ferguson all around can be and will be in this one. is not lost in eight years. This is a blessing in disguise potentially for Tony because if he can, actually win this one and not take a ton of damage although he likely will but nothing too significant in terms of injury department this could be a nice warm-up for Tony Ferguson who hasn't fought in a while for potentially the matchup that everybody's waiting for with Ferguson and Khabib so I do like Ferguson in this one but I'm not going to X out either player for my player pool if I was to actually bet on this one I would take Tony here 26 and 3 overall somebody with a 76 reach compared to Justin Gaethje's just 70 reach that 6-inch six, six, six reach advantage is going to be huge when you're looking at just a weight advantage they're the exact same at 155. I think Tony has the quicker hands. So I'll end up taking Tony. So if you're, you're betting on that side of it, I do like the favorite there. But if you were to actually be playing DraftKings, I, I'm fine having Tony in there. I would prefer getting a little bit more of him as of right now. We'll see if the betting odds change. And then Justin Gaethje is going to be in my player pool though. So you want to be checking just bestfightodds.com because the, if the odds do change, especially right close to lock, if there's a huge shift, that likely means that uh, something is being identified by some very sharp gamblers that we are not seeing or that they have more information than we do. And you might want to tail that a little bit, or at least take note of it. If there's a huge jump, if for some reason, by the end of the week, you have Justin Gaethje as like only a plus 120 underdog, well, that's a pretty decent sized chunk. If it goes the other way and he's a plus 200 underdog well then i feel even more better about tony ferguson's odds to win this thing up next you have the 7400 underdog in dominic cruz at a plus 185 underdog here uh going to be going up against henry so what you have here is just a player in cruz who hasn't boxed in a while hasn't fought in a while um you're looking at a three-year layoff so that's the biggest concern you'll probably hear it in a lot of podcasts this entire week is what will he actually look like he's a strong competitor he's going to be a strong dog in terms of dominic cruz what you're getting overall out of this player is probably one of the best overall takedown players on this slate, if not the best, when it just comes to takedown defense, when it comes to takedown accuracy, 50%. And then when it comes to takedowns, average takedowns per contest, best of all the male competitors, at least with 3.17 takedowns uh, per contest. I'm probably not going to be throwing the hammer down on Dominic Cruz as a betting favorite. It's really hard to trust somebody who hasn't been in the ring. So you get Cruz here taking on the messenger. The messenger is actually going to come into this one at $8,800, a 214 favorite, the best takedown defense on the entire slate. So that's going to help without question. When you look at the messenger, it's just nice kicks is always there. A strong jab does get lazy at times, but I'm not really sure that that's going to be the case in this one where it's an event that the entire world is waiting for. So you really can't let up at all. Uh, we'll see how that actually goes though. And elite wrestlers, which are actually known for the messenger being in this one. So if you're going to get the elite wrestling, the grapple, on the ground, that's where the advantage is probably going to come from. And the cardio is elite. The only question mark though, is how much can it sustain? How far can it go? And especially for Cruz, how far can Cruz's cardio go? And how prepared is he going to be? You have to think though, that if Cruz was to take this fight, why would you take it? I understand like all the, the spotlight that's going to be on it. It's going to be the only contact sport happening in the United States and the only sport in general happening in the United States and really in the world outside of Belarusian soccer and, and Korean baseball, and whatever else is going on that not many people really care about. So you have to think, why would Cruz take this fight if he wasn't ready for it? after not fighting for three years why would you come out here and embarrass yourself but who knows it could just be a money grab Uh, but with that being said you're going to have Cruz in this situation I'm going to have both players in a player pool it's probably going to be a pass for me but if you were to go anywhere it would be the messenger just because of the fact that this has been three years without fighting for Cruz I do think though that enough to be in a player pool, especially if there's going to be a good amount of ownership because of that narrative on the messenger. So that's where I'd go on that side of it. If you want to go to the next fight here, we have Sam Alvey versus Ryan Spam. This fight was originally scheduled uh, to be on April 18th, So this has been on the card it has been uh, just marketed for a little while now. You do have Span, who was actually beginning to fight and was supposed to fight on the original March 21st card. So when you look at Span, the biggest favorite on the slate, $9,300 in DraftKings. As of recording this, he's a minus 424 favorite uh, just in terms of Vegas odds. He's 79 inch reach, 17 and 5, 205 pounds here. When you look at just things that he does well, well, he finishes fights quick. A 458 average fight time is going to be the second fastest on this slate, only behind the Castro against Hardy. So, Ryan span I'm actually fine getting to, but nothing really stands out overall in terms of being a really good striker on this slate compared to anybody else, being a really good defensive player on this slate compared to anybody else, being a really good grappler. His specific skill set is definitely going to favor more on the ground with a guillotine, more grappling on the ground, so that's where he's at. His defense is all around very shaky, though. Second quickest average fight finish, so there's some upside there if you were to get a first round knockout. UFC, for DraftKings purposes, DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, is going to reward you for quicker finish. He's long, he's powerful, he has the fast hand, so that's somebody on the ground. As a huge favorite with that price point, I'm probably just not going to get there. If this thing does end in the first round, you might need him, but if it doesn't, and it goes a little bit longer, and the matchup against Alvy might say that it does, Alvi's fights usually last, on average... Uh, nine, nine minutes and 26 seconds you get Alvi with one of the best takedown defenses on the slate and that's where this game for span is likely going to want to go to the ground so Alvi can just at least sustain a little bit there he has lost three straight losses at this point he's probably fighting for his job though so there's a little bit extra motivation in the tank he has a southpaw his defense on takedowns is definitely going to be the biggest thing to point out here that's going to help him for span who is the most deadly on the ground in this fight most of his fights are going to go the distance two or three of them have ended early for Alvi. so if you're not going to get that early finish out of span if you do get the victory it'll still be useful and it'll help you in your DraftKings lineups. And obviously, if you're betting on span and if there was a side to bet on this, it would be span for me. So if you want to put a bet on it, the big favorite makes sense to me. But for DraftKings lineups for that price point, the overall points that might come out of it, I'm probably not going to get there. I don't know if the knockout potential is all that much here. You're not looking for an overall knockout here. If you're looking at span in general, you're looking at a quick finish on the ground, which is the one thing that albi can at least prevent a little bit. So if anything, I'm going to side with span in the betting market, probably not touch any of these guys in DFS all that much based on the price points and the value that you likely don't get from them. All right, quickly before we keep going, I just want to let you know, a lot of people are going to be gambling, whether it's just straight out betting or in the daily fantasy sports side of this. There are two sites I want to let you know about some promotional offers. Superdraft.com is going to have a DraftKings style. It's going to have a DFS format in terms of multipliers for just betting on this. So, if you want to enter any money at Superdraft, their minimum deposit, they will give you $10 for free if you use the promo code down below. That's their logo above in Sal. S A L, you go to that site. There's a link in the description below. takes you over to Twitter, which will then take you over to their site. You make a deposit with that promo code. They'll give you $10 free to bet with. Just a nice way to just kind of, especially with the pandemic going on, be able to actually bet and have some a little bit of a free extra cash and, and free play to be playing with. The other one that I will talk about now is Monkey Knife Fight. You see the logo above me, the offer down below. If you use the promo code VETRI, they'll give you $15 upon your $10 deposit or up to $50. If you want to put in 50 bucks and just get a lot of action down, they'll give you $55. So they'll match you hundred percent up to $50 plus throwing five bucks. So those are just a couple of promotions that I want to let you about. It helps me if you use those links, but it also helps you. I know people are going to be playing DFS and betting this weekend. So take advantage of these offers. If you plan on spending $40 this weekend already on DFS, put it into monkey knife fight and you're going to, need to get another $45 just to play with. Why not do it? Go check them out. They're both down below in the description. Let's get back into the video. Next fight up is going to be Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa. So what you get out of here is Charles, Charles Mitchell coming in as the, the slight favorite, at 153 favorite. You get Mitchell being the worst striker on this slate in terms of strikes per minute, just 1.7 per contest, where he's going to thrive a little bit more is in terms of takedowns, 1.75 per contest. His accuracy, although he's not striking often, his accuracy is fine. It's up there as one of the better ones on the slate at 50%. The matchup is going to be today against Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa comes in as somebody who's just very much so a technical takedown artist. You're not going to have a ton of accuracy. You're going to get a little bit long and wild when it comes to uh, throwing some of those jabs and hooks better cardio though is rosa so if this thing goes longer that's likely the person who's going to benefit more from it bigger underdog usually a, a nice lower kicks lower body kicks strong takedown defender strong takedown fighter in general does get sloppy with those strikes and not as much of a powerful guy so if you're looking for the quick finishes in the dfs landscape probably not going to happen he has never been submitted before if you want to put that on there in terms of any bets you probably shouldn't be betting on that track record against mitchell mitchell is mainly a striker who can get consistently sloppy does have a hard chin he won't knock you out though so this one's looking to be probably one that goes the distance more often than not mitchell's fights usually last a very long go the distance 11 minutes and 27 seconds on average and when you're looking at roses fights usually go 12 minutes and 25 se- seconds on average. So you're looking at a guy in Mitchell who will gas out on the ground a good amount. And Mitchell in general doesn't have the greatest takedown defense, just 33%. It's actually the third worst on this entire slate out of all of these 24 fighters. So this is a fight where if anything, I'm going to have both players in my DraftKings player pool, because I think they're both at least deserving Mitchell 70 and reach 145 pounds. When you look at Rosa 69 and reach 145 pounds. But if you wanted to bet a winner here, I would actually probably take the underdog at the plus 135 odds uh, for Rosa here. Here. It's not strong. It's just going to be taking the underdog or not touching anything here in DraftKings. I like both sides of it though. The next fight is going to be a rematch uh, Vicente Luque versus Nico Price. Price they fought back in 2017. Uh, Price is going to be somebody, one of the most opportunistic fighters probably on this card, and just take advantage of opportunities. When you go down through this, you're going to have, uh, as of right now, Price is going to come in as a decent-sized underdog at plus 228, and then Luque is going to come in as a 270 favorite. Luque does a lot of good things. Takedown accuracy is up there, striking accuracy. Strikes per minute are all up there. The strikes per minute are the third best on the entire slate. And then when you look at Price's game, it's just overall very shaky. It's somebody who does like to thrive and try and pick up these quick finishes. A fourth quickest finish on the entire slate but everything else is going to be right around average for you when you look at it he's going to be at risk to a ton of strikes here and that's going to be very very impactful and that's probably going to be the biggest difference on this one not the greatest of accuracy in terms of defending strikes in general and you're going to have luke who just lands a ton of strikes and is very accurate strong and accurate fighter in general and striker is luke he won the first time that they played and really since then since 2017 it's been about uh, three years time now two and a half years time not a lot about their styles have changed if anything it's just really been their age you have a 75 inch reach 170 pound Luque going up against today in price, who's only going to come in at 170 pounds, a 76 inch inch, a little bit of a a size advantage as well. I'm going to take Luque here, both in the betting markets and in the minus 270 betting markets and also coming in DraftKings. so i do like that spot for Luke nine thousand dollars is probably my favorite payup option on this entire slate if you're looking at it uh, Luke just has a ton of upside when it comes to even quick fight finishes here but likely um just a knockout upside in general based on the style of a fighter he is and his opponent being a little bit uh, of just susceptible to these strikes so the next one is a prelim fight. And this one's actually going to be uh, very fun. You have uh, Jacare Souza versus Uriah Hall here. So between the two of them, Uriah Hall is going to come in at 185 pounds as the underdog, very slight underdog, a plus 103. And then you have Jacare Souza at a minus 116 favorite here at 185 pounds, 72 inch reach. This one should be uh, a headbanger. 40 years old is Jacare Souza. You're going to have a, he's going to have one, a great chin on him. Knockout upside is for sure there in this matchup. When you look at how long their matches usually last, Hall's right around nine minutes per match. When you look at Souza, he's right around 10 minutes per match so it's not going to be likely a first round knockout although that's also on the table but at some point in this one it's probably going to be a knockout in general hall has the reach and spot the reach and speed advantage here doesn't let Souza probably get inside. If he does, it might be over. So if I'm just looking at some of the statistical side of this one, when you're looking at Hall, you're getting somebody who's a very accurate player, very good in terms of defense, whether it's takedowns, whether it's takedown accuracy, a solid player all around right there. Souza is going to be somebody who at uh, 2.46 average takedowns per contest is going to be one of the better ones on this entire slate. Very good striking defense, but not a great striker in general. This is very close. Uh, it's a toss up in general here. So in the betting markets, I'm not going to be putting my money behind this unless the Vegasards start to move. I probably, if anything, I'm going to side a little bit with the underdog and hall here, very slight underdog when it comes to DraftKings. I'll have both of them in my, in my lineups. If you're going to be putting a bet on this and you really want to get some action on this match, I'd recommend just watching the Vegas odds as the week goes on. If it moves so that Hall becomes a slight favorite or at least minus money, I would jump on that side of it. If it goes the opposite way, I'd really just track the trends of the betting market. As of right now, if you told me to bet, I would take the plus one oh three money on Hall, but not feel good about it either way. And I'm probably just not going to touch it that much when it comes to DraftKings. So next up you have Carlo Espaza versus Michelle Waterson. Espaza is going to be a strong team takedown player just has a big edge there in that department, very big. Uh, it's the highest probably on the entire slate. So when you look at it, the price points on them, you're going to have spars at, at this point right now coming in as a minus 150 favorite. You're going to get 115 pounds, $8,400 on DraftKings and 63 inch reach. Not a very good strikes per minute player at just 2.2 per minute. You're just the third worst on the slate. But when it comes to takedowns, the best takedown player on the entire slate. So this is where the game is really going to come from. This is where we are going to rack up the, the DraftKings points of it. 3.53 takedowns per contest is by far the most on the entire slate. The matchup against Watterson features a matchup where Morrison is not the greatest takedown defender. Very shaky. 57% takedown defense is one of the worst ones on the entire slate. Very good when it comes to accuracy in the takedowns and on the offensive side with the strikes. But Watterson is just a very average shaky fighter all around. It seems to be a boring fight that probably goes the distance in this one. In general, if you're playing DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, DraftKings, women's fights usually are not as high scoring. So if they do go the distance, you're not going to get an early finish or some sort of a knockout. You'll get points from them, but not as much potentially as some of these other fights or maybe even a loser in another fight that goes the distance. So so I'll take Xparza in this one as a minus 150 favorite. I will probably only have Xparza in my player pool for DraftKings. So the next one is going to be Verdum versus Olenek. Verdum is one of the biggest favorites on the slate, a minus 300 favorite in this one, an accurate striker somebody when it comes to just takedowns in general, the defense starts to get shaky. Was Cato at his last time out, has a shaky chin, is going to be just a better boxer, uh, features better kicks in general than Olinick. Olinick was had a submission win the last time out. He's an awkward striker. He has a good chin. He will take damage. So this one could be a little bit of a head banger. When you're going down to the bottom of it though, Olenek is a plus 250 underdog. I actually have interest in Olenek here. 3.01 average takedowns per contest is the third best in the slate. Usually sees very quick finishes, five minutes and 26 seconds. The concerns for Olenek might be just gassing out if this thing does go a little bit later on, but Olenek is a plus 250 underdog. I would Be fine taking a little bit of action on that in the betting market. I'd be fine getting to pieces of both of these players, depending on what your lineup construction is in DraftKings. Probably not that interested in Verdum because I just like uh, Lucre a little bit more at the nine K price point. But if you wanted to go all the way down to Linux at seven thousand dollars, I don't think it's the worst idea. Uh, It Has the KO power, just bad takedown defense in general. More of a top game player, but that's probably where you're going to be anyways uh, compared to Verdum. So I think it's an interesting matchup. I think it's it's much closer than these odds are going to indicate. And I think if you get these odds right now, they might actually shrink get to somewhere around plus 200 or even lower for Olenek. So I do like the outright bet on the big underdog in Olenek at plus 250. And then in DraftKings, I'm fine getting into some of the lineups. Out of all the underdogs that we've talked about so far, and especially factoring in being the biggest underdog, I think those odds are a little bit off. I think there's actually upside here for this one to be sort of a slate breaker when it comes to DraftKings and a really big payout when it comes to the betting markets. So we get the closest matchup in the night in terms of the Vegas odds. You're going to get Anthony Pennis versus Cowboy Cerrone. So you get Anthony Pennis coming in as a minus 136 favorite. He's coming in weighing in at 155 pounds, a $2,200 on DraftKings, 72-inch reach. Then you get Cowboy Cerrone, a 121 underdog, $8,000 on DraftKings and a 73-inch reach. Pettis beat Cowboy in the past. He's beat him in the past. You have Cowboy coming off the loss versus McGregor. Cowboys had just much, much tougher uh, competitors the last three times out compared to Pettis. So when you're looking at the losing streak of Cowboy Ceroni, it's it's been against much higher competition that Pettis probably would have lost to uh, all of them, most likely. So you get just a bigger guy in Cerrone in this one, can win if it goes to the ground, but uncertain if he can actually take his approach that way. Like against Connor, a lot of people. We're telling him to try and go to the ground and take it there and he said no i just want to stand up and, and strike with one of the best strikers out there so it'll be interesting to see what story goes it, it's kind of hard to judge what he's going to do anytime he goes out there when it comes to takedown defense he's very strong in that department he's an above average striker when you get to pettis not as much strikes going to be landed but very very good takedown accuracy so Cerrone, I like his game all around a little bit more. Right now, he's a slight underdog. I think I put my money there. In DraftKings' perspective, it's so close that I'm going to have both of them in my player pool. I believe it's going to be one of the last fights before the main card starts. So I'm going to go with Donald Cowboy Cerrone. If anything here in the betting market, and it comes to DraftKings, both of them will be in my player pool. I'll lean Cerrone a little bit, but I'll watch the Vegas odds as the week goes on. I do like that plus one twenty-one number on him. So now we get to the main card in the first fight. He's going to be a heavyweight fight, and if you're somebody who usually doesn't watch the MMA as often because, well, it's just the only thing on now, so it's going to generate a lot more attention. Greg Hardy might. Be a name that you're familiar with, former Dallas Cowboy, but Greg Hardy coming into this one with an 80-inch reach. This is a heavyweight fight. So we've been talking about players and, and fighters really being in the hundred-weight class. Uh, this is a 265-pound Greg Hardy coming in here against the cash who's going to weigh in at 250 pounds. So, as of right now, the size advantage goes to Greg Hardy. He has a six-inch reach over him. Greg Hardy's Right now, you're getting suspect defense out of him. He has very strong chin, lost the last time he was out there, but it was a fine fight, a very, very much athletic speed and power combination, just vicious when he's in there. He's not a grappler at all, but he is working on that, and he has a ton of early round knockout upside. He finishes his fights in under six minutes per contest. That's going to be top five on this slate. Now, when you look at Castro, you get just good movement, good low kicks in general. He has the one punch power to also finish this thing early, like most heavyweights usually do. Not a good takedown fighter. So that's actually going to help Greg Hardy. He's facing somebody who's not very good at taking down, where it's probably the shakiest game of Greg Hardy's game. He's a bad strike defender in Castro. Again, going to help Greg Hardy. And it's possible that if this thing does last a little bit longer, that both of these fighters can start to gas out. But I think Hardy is just a better athletically gifted and, and in shape boxer to actually get there. So between the two of them, I actually do like Cardi here. One of the favorites that I feel is pretty strong about minus 200 favorite, you're going to get a lot of upside in terms of just early finish for drafting purposes, strikes landed and knockout upside in this one. And then when it comes to the betting market, I do like the minus 200 number on him. Not only do I think that number gets bigger because I think he is a deserving favorite. I think people's names in general, when people start to look at this, are just going to notice Greg Cardi bet on him and probably push that number a little bit more uh, towards Greg Cardi, which is a worse bet at that point. The second fight on the main card is going to be Stevens versus Qatar. Qatar is the favorite at minus 240 favorite here, 72 inch reach, 20 and four, 145 pounds weighing in at $8,900 on DraftKings. And then you get Stevens on the opposite side of this going to come in as a pretty decent sized underdog, a plus 205 underdog, somebody who's $7,300 in DraftKings, a 71 inch reach and 145 pounds. I really don't like Stevens all that much in this fight. Um, wide throws, hooks, leaves himself open. If damage comes, he usually falls apart and just not a very good striker. You're getting 3.09 strikes landed per minute when Qatar is landing the fourth most per minute at 5.12. Qatar is a much more technical fighter here. Very fluid, fast punches, strong takedown defense as well. No early round knockout is likely going to come here for either side. So relative to some of these other players who might have some early round knockout upside, Qatar might be somebody who leaves you a little bit hanging there. So I might not get to as much Qatar when it comes to DraftKings, although 8,500 is a fine price point. But in the betting market, I'm going to take Qatar here. I'm going to have Guitar in my DraftKings player pools at that price point. Do like guitar on the opposite side of it, probably not going to get to really any Stevens at all. Not going to bet it in the markets unless the line moves a ton for some reason. And I'm not going to have it as of right now my DraftKings player pools. And the 12th and final fight to kind of break down and analyze right now is Francis Engano versus Justino Rosenkrut. So, what you're going to have here is Engano being the bigger favorite, the big favorite, a minus 280 favorite, the third highest as of right now in the entire slate. Has that quick finish upside in general, but it's not going to land or be accurate with a ton of the strikes right now. Just 2.15 strikes landed per minute. The accuracy at 37%, one of the worst ones on the entire slate. Uh, Rosenstruck at this point is going to come in as a big underdog at a plus 236 underdog, just $7,100 on DraftKings. I actually think it's a live underdog here. 10 and 0, undefeated right now. We'll see what he's made of. 78 inch reach, 242 pounds. When you go across the board, finishes his fights in under eight minutes. So this one has the upside to finish quickly. The undefeated Rosenstruck, late round knockout the last time he went out there. So he's able to keep his record alive. He's just a knockout artist. So he's going to try and end this one early and he eats a ton of damage. The guy's an absolute freak. He's a monster monster Inganu on the other side is just a more technical fighter so you're going to have somebody who's just vicious on the one side and somebody who's more of a world-class fighter and Ganu that's why he's the bigger favorite better combos better strikes he's technical he's faster and It will make you pay if you make a mistake so in this one like there is a chance that Ganu can get clipped without a question this is somebody who's just going out there and and Rosencru- and trying to knock you out Finishes his quikes, fights quickly, has some good takedown defense, lands a decent amount of strikes as well 3.72 per contest. So I'm going to have both of these players in my DraftKings player pools. Um, I'd rather have a Linux as an underdog if you're talking about just betting on an underdog here compared to Rosenstrook, even in DraftKings as well. A bigger size underdog as of right now is a Linux, so I'd rather go there. But if you're looking at the outright betting market, I might just pass in this one because I think Rosenstrook is very much alive, even though Engano is a minus 280 favorite. Uh, you have some faults to Engano's game, and I think Rosenstrook, somebody who just wants to come out here and clip you, there's always that concern. So, if I'm looking for a big underdog, I'm going to go to a Linux, and I'm fine just not getting to that as much in DraftKings with Rosenstruot, although I'll have some exposure. Then in Ganu at the top point, I'd rather I just have Lucre against Price if I'm trying to bet a minus 270 or minus 280 favorite on this card. If you're trying to parlay some things together, I'd lean in Ganu in the betting market as the big favorite here, but I'm going to track that line movement throughout the week. In DraftKings, I think both of them are fine options, and I do think Rosenstruck is a live underdog. I'd just much rather have a Linux. So, when you're getting down into those big underdogs, the 200 plus underdogs, some of them are just clear passes for me. I don't want any Sam Alvey. I don't want any Nico Price. I don't want any uh Jeremy Stevens, but Rosenstroop is probably my second favorite big long shot underdog. and Then Olinick is probably my favorite at plus 250. So that's where I'm at. 12 fights so far done. Big old subscribe button's about to pop up on the screen. If you watch to this point, please hit that subscribe button. It allows me to reach more people, which allows me to continue to produce this content in the DraftKings and betting markets. I'm gonna be doing some MMA breakdowns throughout the week. I'll have projections over on my Patreon, which is linked down below, as well as some rankings for the DraftKings side of it, which will also kind of indicate where I'm thinking for the betting market side of it since they're very strongly correlated. We're going to have PGA returning soon. Pumping out a ton of NFL offseason content. Continue to check out everything that I have going on at the channel by hitting the subscribe button and notification bell. Check out everything I have on Patreon, and be sure to check out SuperDraft if you want to play. They're having a ton of contests. Get some money down there. They'll give you a free ten dollars to play with if you sign up using the code SAL. My name S A L. Do that, you get ten dollars to play with upon deposit. So a little more money to get down. You can also check out Monkey Knife Fight if you want. If you use the promo code Vetri, they'll give you a hundred percent deposit match, fifteen dollars for free when you enter ten. Uh, if you want to put in fifty dollars, they'll give you fifty five dollars back for free. So if you want to take advantage of some of these offers, they're down below in the description i know the real sports are back some people want to get more bang for their buck that's the way to do it check out super draft check out monkey night fight all those things are linked down below and how you can get actually take advantage of some of these benefits and just get some free money to gamble with this weekend so thank you so much for tuning into this one hit the subscribe button before you leave you can reach out to me on twitter with any questions or in the comments below again who do you think is going to win this fight tony ferguson or justin gaethje i'm going to lean ferguson but i like both of them in DraftKings. let me know in the comments who you like more my name's sal have a great rest of your day everybody and i'll see you in the next one